Welcome to The Crumb, a podcast by Bake From Scratch. I'm your host, Brian Hart Hoffman, and I'm here to talk all about baking. The people, the culture, and the baked goods that make us run to preheat our ovens. Welcome back to The Crumb. Today's episode is so special because I not only have one guest, but I have two joining me for a very delicious episode that lies ahead. We'll kick things off with Heather Mubarak, the blogger behind Brown Butter Blondie and the author of her new cookbook, Stuffed, all about sandwich cookies. And then Brooke Bell joins me. It's a voice I'm sure you know from our Monday Night Baking School with William Sonoma and Bake from Scratch. And we are going to chat about our upcoming San Francisco and California wine country baking retreat. But before I get ahead of myself, I do want to stop and take a moment to thank our sponsors who make this podcast possible. When I traveled to Sweden back in February, I loved seeing Ankrisham stand mixers in the home kitchens of the bakers I met. Their sleek design, easy to use, and powerful motors make them great for making heavy doughs with perfect outcomes. Thank you, Ankrisham. Without you, we wouldn't have the crumb. Now let's get into today's episode, and y'all, it is a good one. You are going to love it. Hi, Heather. Welcome to The Crumb. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I am so excited that you are. This has been years in the making. We have been friends on social media, following along with each other's baking, constantly messaging back and forth. And then you had this major accomplishment of a book. And now the timing (laughs) is perfect for us to do all the things together and celebrate this amazing milestone for you. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And yes, it's always a good time to talk about cookies in my book. I know. And your book is all about that. So that's the best part. We get to talk about cookies. But before we get too deep into the book conversation and talking about cookies specifically, let's like back things up a little bit on your journey into the sweet world. I want to call it the sweet world because you have in your past had a business for the toffee box. And I want you to tell me about that, but I got to know, did your love for baking come first or was it toffee then baking and telling me about that journey? Oh gosh. Well, yes, I would say I've always loved baking. I grew up in a household where there were always sweets and treats. My mom passed her sweet teas down to me. I have her to thank for my chocolate chip cookie a day habit. (laughs) Um, So I've always been, you know, yes, always loved to bake, always loved cookies and cakes. You know, I think I probably had an easy bake oven as a kid, I'm sure. Um, (laughs) And uh, the toffee box was kind of my start into the food world, into the food space. Uh, It was a business that we started, my husband and I, off of a secret family recipe. And I was literally making English almond toffee by the thousands of pounds every year. And especially at Christmas time was a big time of year, obviously, with the holidays. It was a great gift. But it was a year-round business, and um, yeah, I sold the business actually in 2014, and stayed on for a couple of years as head of sales, just to keep things going and continue to grow the business for them. And then I took about a year off, and really thought hard about what I wanted to do next. And I found out pretty quickly that I really was happiest in the kitchen. And thus, you started baking with way more than toffee on the brain. Yes, yes. It it was finally an opportunity to make all the things I never had time to make because when I was running the toffee business, it was toffee, toffee all the time. Nothing else. I had no time. I had three small children at the time. I was running this toffee business, trying to make it grow and selling it all over the place. And when I finally, you know, got to release that part of my life, I was able to really dive into all the things that I missed doing 
Um, so c- cakes, cookies, muffins, you name it. Anything but toffee was being made in my kitchen <laughs> at that point. <laughs> and also, I have to reference that you even had to endure denying Martha Stewart the request for that recipe. What was that like? Her wanting to get the recipe (laughs) and you really having to guard that. I mean, it's Martha. Do you not just turn it over to her because she was sweet and asked? No, um, it was a secret recipe. It's funny, before we even started the business, which we started in 2009, we had been making the toffee for years at Christmas time and we'd give it to friends, family, coworkers, teachers, firemen down the street. Everybody was getting the toffee all the time. And people would always ask for the recipe. Hey, can I have that recipe? I'd love to make some. Or at some point they realized they weren't going to give up the recipe. So then they started saying, well, can you make me some more? (laughs) So it was like, I was like, well, maybe next Christmas. But it was actually in uh, January after one holiday season that I was sort of just sitting in the kitchen and my kids were napping, I think. And I was just, you know, getting the itch to kind of get back into the working world and, and do something fun. And I was like, you know, there's something about this toffee. People really like it. So yeah, so we started the business and never gave up the recipe to anybody. And obviously when I sold the business, I had to give them <laughs> yeah. the recipe, but um, it's a good thing we never gave it away because we really turned it into something fun. Absolutely. So take us through the process of, you know, so many family recipes, secret family recipes. One of my colleagues, her family has a secret recipe for fruitcake and it is really, oh. really amazing. We have begged her grandfather. We've had calls. We've tried to sweet talk him. Bake from scratch would love this. Of course, he's not sharing the recipe either. But take us through what it's like to have this secret recipe, but you have to scale it and grow it into this mass production for retail. I mean, you were sold in Williams-Sonoma and all other you know sorts of places. What was it like taking that family secret recipe and scaling it for commercial production? It was a huge task. It, I knew nothing, absolutely zero, a ne- almost negative about how to mass produce a confectionery product. I didn't know anything. So thank goodness for the internet, because as you know, we can find out everything on the internet now. That's right. So I did a lot of research whenever I had, you know, three hours here or two hours here or after my kids would go to bed at night and I would just really dive in and I was trying to figure out how do I even go about doing this? We started off uh, scaling the recipe up as much as possible, you know, for a small rental commercial kitchen that we were working out of at the time. And we did that for probably a year. And then we started to get some really big, important clients, you know, like uh, William Sonoma, um, Whole Foods, we were selling it to Vons and Safeway and Sir Latov. And I realized rather, rather quickly that there was just no way this little rental kitchen was going to be able to accommodate our needs any longer. So we went out and bought our own commercial kitchen, which was absolutely crazy. My husband <laughs> literally probably had a heart attack, was like, what are we doing? This is insane. I was like, I know, I know, but I promise I'm going to sell a lot of toffee. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it was, again, I, I think um, I always tell people, you know, don't be afraid to try and don't be afraid to ask questions. So I really just kind of went went to people that I, you know, could find that would have the answers for me and that, um, were able to give me, you know, a little bit of a leg up to help me grow the business the way that I did. Well, I I love it. It's such a sweet, literally a sweet success story. And now you're on to the other sweet success story and your new book, Stuffed, is all about one of my favorite types of cookies, as I know it is yours too, based on a book that you so beautifully wrote and brought us amazing recipes and photos. Where did the inspiration for this book come from? So I think, um, you know, as a blogger and a food photographer and, and, you know, recipe creator in general, I think all of us that eventually write a book, 
um, kind of think about, well, what would that first book mean to you? What do you want it to represent as far as who you are and what you love to bake? So I knew right away when I decided I wanted to write a book that it wa I wanted it to be about cookies. But as you know, there are a zillion very amazing, gorgeous uh, cookie books out there. So I knew it had to be different. And I knew that if I wanted to get my cookies out there in some way, it had to be done with a twist, you know, in a new and fresh way. Because, you know, again, there's just so many cookie books out there that are really amazing. And I wanted people to feel like this was one that they needed to have in addition to all the others on their bookshelves. So... I think the inspiration sort of just came from me really digging deep and saying, I really want to write a cookie book. How am I going to make it my own? And secondly, I think it came from my followers and my readers at the blog. I had been dabbling a little bit in sandwich cookies here and there on the blog. And every time I did, I would get a great response. Lots of people would write in or they would, you know, send me messages on Instagram when they would see the photos. And it was just something that people kind of gravitated to. I think they were just a little bit fun and kind of different. People liked the flavor combinations. So when I was really, you know, digging deep to think about what this book was going to be about, I kind of went back to that and thought, gosh, my followers really seem to be into these cookies. I think maybe I'm on to something here. So that's sort of where the idea came. Well, I know as a baker, as a cookie lover, and just someone who has cravings every single day, sandwich cookies are my also favorite kind of a cookie. If I think back to childhood, two sandwich cookies jump out in my mind of things that to this day are nostalgic. They are favorites. And I love the flavor profile. One is an oatmeal cream pie from Little Debbie. <laughs> and the other Absolutely. one is lining up at the Great American Cookie Company for a double doozy, which is really two chocolate chip cookies with a delicious buttercream between. And you have a recipe in the book that honestly jumped off the page at me as I need to make this. It's going to take me right back to that childhood craving. And I just think all of the recipes and the creativity that you put into the book, it, it's amazing. I mean, we're not just talking cookies with a buttercream between them. We're talking ice cream sandwich cookies. We're talking like flavors of things that you can mix and match. And that's one of the things that I love when an author puts options in a book for people. It's it's one of those like choose your own adventure cookbooks. And I want you to tell me about that with your mix and match concept. But before I let you answer that, we are going to stop just for a quick moment to thank our sponsors. That's, you know, we need their support. It keeps the crumb here on the podcast airwaves. So we're going to stop for just a brief message. And then you and I will be back to talk about this mix and match concept. Want to know something sweet? Well, sugar is a key ingredient in most of the recipes that we create here at Bake From Scratch. And we are proud to exclusively stock CNH sugar in our pantry, and we think you should too. All right, we're back. Let's talk mix and match and how this came about, and I do love it. It is such a good part of this book. Yes, well, it's basically sort of the theme of the book. It definitely is a choose-your-own-adventure style of a cookbook. And I did it that way because no two cookie cravings are the same. Everyone craves different things, has different you know, flavor profiles that they sort of gravitate towards. And I wanted this book to be, um, you know, again, a mix and match style so that people could come in and say, I love a chocolate chip cookie, but I want to put it with chocolate instead of vanilla, or I'm craving ice cream instead of buttercream, or I love fruity cookies and I'm going to do cherry jam instead of raspberry jam and just mix it up however you like. So there really are no rules with this book, which is sort of the fun part. Uh, every single recipe, and there are 65 cookie sandwich recipes in the book, 
comes with a photo of the recipe. And so it comes with a filling that I sort of decided is maybe perhaps the best one or maybe the one that I just like the most. But then you'll see throughout the book, there are little call out boxes that say mix and match and it gives you some other options that you can try. And then all of the fillings, there are 30 of them are listed in the back of the book. So you can just go there and kind of mix and match to your heart's content. And you can also use all of those fillings for your favorite cupcakes and cakes too. Um, that's another thing, great thing about the book is that the fillings are sort of standalone extra bonus recipes almost that you can use with some of your other baked goods. Well, and I love that you say that and you take us there in the pages of the book. I have friends that would quickly say, oh, that cookie looks amazing, but I don't like buttercreams. I don't like fillings. I don't like sandwich cookies. Well, guess what? This book is also perfect for you because there's amazing cookie recipes cover to cover, and you don't even need to use the fillings and the dips and the glazes and things like that if that's not what you're craving. And I love that it's Absolutely. got all of the options for the bakers in the pages of the book. So yes. you and I both know that in our world of baking, cravings lead us to create recipes. I think that's maybe one of the best parts about the baking world is things that we love, we get to go wild with and share it with our fellow bakers in the baking world. Tell me about one craving that led you to the kitchen and a recipe that came from the craving. Oh, gosh. A recipe in the book? Yeah. Or anything okay. for that matter, but we could keep it on the book. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say, um, and it's funny because I'm craving them right now. It's really dreary and cold still here in California. We can't seem to get past winter, even though we're supposed to be well into spring. So I am actually craving one of my favorite cookies from the book, which is the pumpkin spice sugar cookies. And the real star of those is the filling, which is a brown butter cream cheese frosting Yum. to die for. So good. And the combination is just amazing. It's it's just heaven in a cookie. But I, so I, I um, was craving pumpkin, I think, obviously, during the recipe testing process. And I, of course, wanted to have that flavor profile in the book. But I love a good pumpkin bread and a good pumpkin muffin. And I wanted to put pumpkin into a cookie. Pumpkin, as you know, can be a little tricky because of all the moisture. So it had to be a combination of the pumpkin itself and then also the spices that would kind of allure to that pumpkin fall flavor. So I think the pumpkin cravings were strong the fall during when I was doing the, the recipe testing. <laughs> and it made me um, led me to develop that pumpkin spice cookie, which is absolute just my favorite style of cookie as well. It's soft, but chewy. It's not cakey. It's it's heaven. It sounds amazing. And let me just go on a soapbox with you for a minute that pumpkin spice <laughs> things are not only restricted to autumn baking. Pumpkin spice, no. it's like you're saying, California's having a weather moment and you're having a pumpkin moment. I like it. You can crave it when yes. you want it. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I have no shame in making pumpkin spice cookies in the middle of July. I, I'm, I'm cra- with you. A craving is a craving, right? <laughs> well, and welcome to the magazine world here at Bake From Scratch, where the summer means we are in like ultimate holiday Christmas mode. So we're eating right. peppermint bark in July. We're having, so I'm I'm used to breaking the craving cycle and you just eat what you want when you got it. Exactly. So one thing that I like to talk to bakers about is this bake it your own concept. You know, I think in the baking world, and I love that you've referenced, referenced this a few times in our conversation today, is freedom. You have the freedom to choose things along the way. I want you to tell me about a recipe that may be perfect for someone to take the cookie dough and let's say make it in 
like a large like cake pan or a skillet and have like a skillet cookie instead of individual cookies? Are there bake it your own moments in the book where you do not have to follow the yield of 24 cookies and you can do something totally crazy with it? Oh, absolutely. You know, and I think my advice is always to try a recipe first as it's written uh, and then start experimenting. I think that's sort of a good rule of thumb to to start with, especially if you're, you know, consider yourself more of a beginner baker and not an advanced baker, obviously. Uh, there are actually, some people might be surprised to know, there are some blondie and brownie recipes in the book and we do make sandwich, quote unquote, cookies with those. Um, and they're amazing. So good. And you make them obviously in one pan. So it's a little bit of a quicker process, which is nice if you're, you know, not into the mood to scoop cookies all evening. But a lot of the cookies, there's like two chocolate chip cookies that could easily be made in a skillet or like you said, in a sheet pan formation. Um, I think you could do the funfetti cookies would be really fun to make those in almost a round uh, cake pan and then even frost the top instead of making sandwich cookie out of it. There's a lot of possibilities with with the recipes in the book. I love it. And that, again, is just giving bakers freedom to follow their craving or whatever equipment they have in the kitchen. And then the fun can be theirs, too. And I think as bakers, we always love to see people doing fun things with the recipes. And like you said, I agree with making it the first time. Follow the recipe. We spend a lot of time creating this stuff for for bakers at home. Right. And, and then they get right. to learn from there where they want to go with it and and always, you know, use that recipe as your first guide to to get to get in the kitchen with it. So I know this is like asking a parent to pick a favorite child. So I probably regret this already asking you, but I'm gonna do it anyway. What is your favorite recipe in the book? <laughs> Oh my goodness. I knew you were going to ask me this. Oh, I almost want to just be on repeat and say the pumpkin spice sugar cookie with the brown buttercream cheese frosting because it really is so good. But um, I do have quite a few favorites. So I'm going to try and keep the list short, but I have to mention a few. I do love all the recipes in the book and I worked very hard on all of them. So they are all equally delicious. It just really depends on what you're craving in the moment. It is spring. So right now I am also craving besides the pumpkin spice sugar cookies uh the lavender lemon linzer cookies are incredible they just have a touch of lavender if you don't have lavender or you don't want to buy the lavender you can leave it out because you'll still get that lovely lemon zest flavor in the cookie it's a nice delicate shortbread style and it comes with a meyer lemon curd that i could literally stand in front of the refrigerator and eat straight from the jar amen so incredible It's just, I don't even know how any of them make it to the cookies because at my house, I just eat the lemon curd by itself. It's so good. Um, And on that note, I would say the lemon poppy seed cookies, which are a little bit unusual. I think you don't see those every day, um, are another one of my favorites. Anything from the chocolate chapter, because if you know me and follow me on Instagram, you know that I am a huge chocolate fan. I'm probably chocolate's number one fan. (laughs) So the entire chocolate chapter is filled with cookies that I've been holding on to for years and have never put on the blog because I wanted to save them for my first book. So that's an incredible chapter. Well, I love that chapter too. And when you sent me the book, I just have to say you sent the biggest bag of Ghirardelli chocolate morsels that I have ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) And you're going to put me through the chocolate bliss of baking all the recipes because A, you sent some amazing chocolate my way. And B, you do have such a beautiful love language with chocolate. I love when you have chocolate on your blog, on your Instagram. And yeah, if anyone follows you, they have seen some beautiful chocolate things. Yeah, I just, it's my favorite ingredient to bake with. I think it's really fun to photograph. I, um, it's just, 
it's so delicious. I mean, chocolate is my thing. Like I said, it's a chocolate chip cookie a day deal around here in my house. And if I don't have a cookie on hand, I'll just grab a piece of dark chocolate. It's just something I have, you know, every day. And I just love it so much. I might have had a handful of dark chocolate on my way here to do the interview. So I like the way you think. <laughs> chocolate, okay. chocolate, chocolate. Never too much chocolate. So in all the chat of success and things that go really, really well, bakers also have to acknowledge we have some moments of epic failure. That's what testing is all about. That's why we test a lot. It's why, you know, in cooking and savory, I always get a little jealous as people can add a little bit of this and reduce it down a little bit more. But in baking, we really can't stop halfway through the process and adjust. Tell me about a baking fail along the way as you were working on recipes for the book. Is there one recipe that took you weeks to crack the code and get it right or any memories of that that you want to share? Um, I think there were a few. Cookies in general, I think, I mean, they're all a little bit different, but there is sort of a formula that you follow with cookies in general, I would say. It's, it's sort of a blanket statement. So recipe testing for that, went fairly smoothly. I don't think there were any recipes that took me more than, you know, four times to, to get right. Um, I think some of the ones that were the trickiest were the ones like the pumpkin spice or anything with, you know, the lemon in it, just when you're adding moisture, the carrot yeah. cake cookie, that was a little tough because I really wanted that carrot cake flavor to come forward. But, you know, there's moisture in carrots and that doesn't always translate well to cookies. So I think I probably struggled the most with that one. But at the end of the day, I think I got it just right. And it literally tastes like a slice of carrot cake in cookie form. And so and again, perfect for spring. Yes. And that brown butter cream cheese frosting reappears with the carrot cake cookie as well. And oh, chef's kiss. It's amazing. I love it. Well, so, I am staring I at a recipe <laughs> like I, I'm craving it. I'm going to make it. I've kept this book open to the page. It's like my chosen first recipe from your book that I'm going to make. And that is the homemade Viennese whirls with the strawberry jam and vanilla buttercream because it screams spring, but it's so yes. beautiful. And I've always loved Viennese whirls. Always. Oh, my favorite. They, I think in the, the head note of that recipe, I talk about this local bakery that makes those cookies here in town. And my husband always picks up a basket full of them just before, like two days before Christmas always. And he'll just appear at the door with them. And it's like his way of saying like, honey, it's the holidays. <laughs> I've always inevitably been busy with either the blog during the holidays or back in the day with the toffee. And I think he always just knew that that was something that I loved and it made it feel like Christmas for me when he would come home with a platter of those. So that uh, recipe was sort of a very heartfelt one because it was like, I want to be able to make these myself. I love the ones from the bakery, but it's always nice to be able to create something special in your own home. Absolutely. So those are really good. And that strawberry jam is like, oh, just so delicious. Again, eat it straight from the jars, put it on your toast. There's so many other uses for these fillings uh, besides just putting them on the cookies. Well, we are in early strawberry season here in Alabama, and I love when we get into the spring and the strawberries yeah. start showing up. So that is calling my name for sure. Well, you're going to enjoy that one. It's good. Don't forget that buttercream, too. Oh, I'm, I, listen, I am team buttercream all the way. I will not be forgetting it. Not a chance. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you and I actually have a really fun date coming up where we are going to get to hang out on screen together. And you are joining me on Monday, May the 22nd for my Monday night baking school class with William Sonoma. And we are going to be baking sandwich cookies. Of course we are. Can you tell me what you have in store for that class so that for anyone listening they know to sign up, join us for a fun virtual baking class. But I want to know what recipe you're going to make from the book. You know, I need to choose the recipe and I've been a little bit delayed on doing that. I think because I have so many favorite recipes from the book. <laughs> and so given the opportunity to make one with people, it's really hard to choose. Sort of like you said, it's like choosing a favorite child. And I can't do that because I have three children. <laughs> um, but uh, so I think because of the timing, we're doing this in late May. It's right before Memorial Day, right before the kickoff to summer. I think that calls for an ice cream sandwich cookie. Oh, yeah. But I want to do one that maybe we can do three ways. So I might either go with peanut butter or our chocolate chip and then kind of figure out how we can maybe do chocolate dipped or we can do chip witch style or we can do a sprinkles. So I'm kind of playing around the idea of like a three-way ice cream sandwich. So people have options. That sounds amazing. And that's perfect because in baking school on Monday nights, we always talk about bake it your own. And a three ways with one thing fits perfectly. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. And then last question, just so everyone listening, I know they're already wanting to know, tell everyone where we can find copies of your book. You can find my book anywhere books are sold. Uh, I think Amazon is a go-to for a lot of people. It's nice because it gets there the next day. Um, you can get it at Barnes & Noble and Target, Books Million, all the indie stores, anywhere books are sold. Anywhere, anywhere. Well, congratulations to you, Heather. I am so excited not only to have had you here on The Crumb, but you invited me to be a part of your book launch with Book Larder in Seattle. And that was such a fun evening. And we've got a class coming up. So I am so honored to have been a part of this celebration of your new book. Oh, well, I thank you so much for your support. It's an honor for me to have you help me with the celebration of the book. I have uh, been a fan of the Bake Feed since day one. And um, I'm so glad that you're along for the fun. Well, it certainly is fun and delicious. And I so appreciate you being with us today. Thanks so much. Thank you. And now let's chat with Brooke Bell. But before we do that, Brooke, sandwich cookie or cookie sandwich? What side do you fall on? I think I'm going to go with cookie sandwich, Brian. And maybe I, one with peanut butter and chocolate. Oh, you're getting specific. I like where you went there. I think I'm the only person that calls it a sandwich cookie. You called it a cookie sandwich? Heather did too. Cookie sandwich Okay, I'm sandwich the outlier cookie. here. Well, I wish we could have everybody weighing in. We can hop into the comments of today's episode and let us know what you think about sandwich cookie or cookie sandwich. But Brooke, let's, okay. Delicious conversation with Heather. But now let's talk about a baking adventure that is coming up later this year. We're going to San Francisco and wine country for a fabulous baking retreat. And it's really nice to return to San Francisco, I have to say, because that is where we did our very, very first baking retreat in 2019. We did a bread baking retreat at San Francisco Cooking School, and that started what has become one of the most, like, <laughs> crazed things we do by taking people on these amazing adventures and a dream come true, I have to say, you know, the former flight attendant and me getting to take people on a travel adventure to a baking class destination experience. 
what else could be better? And we've got a really fun one coming up in San Francisco and wine country. It is going to be absolutely amazing. It's going to be in October. The weather is beautiful. It's right before the harvest. I I can't think of a better time to be there. And you know, it's ironic about weather. And then we're going to talk about baking, I promise. But San Francisco almost has their summer weather in September and October. It's like the one part of the country that has this like, like big burst of amazing weather then where everywhere else is cooling down. Sometimes snow is falling in other places that early, not San Francisco. It's going to be so great. I can't wait to be there. And Brian, I feel like we should start by telling people what a baking retreat is. So they might hear us talk about it, but but what happens on a baking retreat? You know, it's funny you say that because I always think about like the words baking retreat. And I think what comes to mind at first is like, almost like a yoga retreat. Like it's quiet. You're like, um. Ours are not quiet. They're not. <laughs> I don't even know that the name is right, but we're going with it. Baking retreat. Basically, it is like a baking vacation with friends you never knew you knew unless you already know them and you still love them. But it is like a baking group of people that A, love baking, B, they love travel, C, they love each other after they meet, and then we have the best time exploring culinary traditions, baking recipes, bakeries, meeting personalities behind, you know, some of these famed recipes and bakeries and restaurants and things like that. It just brings the baking world to life. What can I say? That sounds like the absolute best vacation in the world. I mean, I'm here for it. I'm here for all of them. Yes. And so another question we get a lot, are they great for professional bakers, home bakers? Our baking retreats are perfect for anyone that loves baking. The way we teach, the way our guest instructors teach They meet you where you are with your skill level. If someone is super confident in the kitchen and they can get started with a recipe after the demonstration, they get to go right into it. If someone needs a little guidance, a little help, a little understanding about the fundamentals, we're there to do that too. So there's no restriction on your level of experience in the kitchen with baking. Some of my favorite, favorite things to observe are when a baker will sign up and convince a spouse a significant other, a friend, a sibling to come along with them. And inevitably, we hear from the the person that kind of got thrown in, like, well, I don't bake, just so everybody knows I'm here with so-and-so. And then they turn into a baker. They love it. They have fun. And I love seeing that happen because I think it's the unexpected. Mm-hmm. And we want everyone to enjoy every single aspect of what we do. And we plan our retreats to be a really amazing, luxurious experience in addition to the education you get when you're in the kitchen classroom space. So we're staying at the Four Seasons Hotel in San Francisco. We're staying at the Fairmont in Sonoma. We are staying in amazing places so that you also get this fabulous little getaway from the minute you get there. All right, Brian, let's talk details. What do you want to know? I've already told where we're staying, but let's talk about what activities await when we're in San Francisco. So the entire mission behind planning this baking retreat was to really celebrate Chuck Williams and the amazing legacy that he has now left behind with his brand, globally recognized and celebrated, Williams-Sonoma. And so many people are not even aware that the words williams 
and Sonoma represent his last name and the first location of the store in Sonoma. So guess where we're going after San Francisco? To Sonoma. Sonoma. So this entire baking retreat is dedicated to celebrating him. And we are going to kick things off in San Francisco. And we're going to visit William Sonoma's flagship store in San Francisco that is in Union Square. So how much more San Francisco can we get, right? And it is a beautiful store. We're talking, is it three or four levels? It's three I mean, three floors. Skylights above, culinary heaven. It's three floors of William Sonoma. Need I say anything else? Yes, I do need to say something else because on the top floor, there is a culinary classroom kitchen that is so beautiful. All of these individual stations with ovens, workspaces, beautiful beautiful views of San Francisco from this kitchen. And that's where we're going to kick things off. So we're going to have a welcome reception there just so we're having, you know, a few drinks. Brooke and I have something very special in store for that night that I can't tell anyone it's about It's going to be a surprise. A surprise awaits at the welcome reception. And so we'll be in that store for a little soiree of sorts. And the following day, we will go back to the same store where I will be teaching in that beautiful kitchen with our bakers. So we are going to bake in the flagship store in San Francisco. And I think everybody's going to shop, too. We know they're going to shop. Baking and shopping, they go together really nicely. And then what else do we do, Brooke? We are then going to go to Sonoma, where we are going to, again, visit the original William Sonoma store. And it's not just the original store. I was going to say, fun fact. Yes, tell us. Chuck Williams' home is on the same land or adjacent to what is now the store. And it's all been combined into one destination. So you walk in, you're in the original Williams-Sonoma, and then you step up, what, three or four stairs, and you are in Chuck Williams' home, in the actual home. And we are going to have an amazing pizza night in the outdoor pizza kitchen at the store slash Chuck's home. And I'm going to teach something when we're at that store, too. And I think that's a recipe that's very near and dear to Chuck's heart. So he loved Madeline's. Who doesn't? Well, I I love them. So I cannot wait to share with everyone Chuck Williams' Madeline recipe at the original store. But our baking adventure continues beyond these Williams-Sonoma flagship locations because we know we are also in a beautiful part of California and we've got to get out and about. Um... And one destination that's outside of the Williams-Sonoma stores in San Francisco and Sonoma is a visit to CIA, which is the Culinary Institute of America at Copia in downtown Napa, where there is a Chuck Williams Museum. And I know there have been photos of me circulating on the interwebs. I'm standing in front of all of the copper. And I think people... So much copper. I know. And I think people thought that I was like, hoarding it all and not sharing it with anyone, but it is not even mine. I couldn't get my hands on anything because (laughs) it's in the Chuck Williams Museum, and he has such a collection of amazing culinary items, and we are going to have the opportunity to visit that museum before having class at the Culinary Institute of America. So there will be a fun and delicious baking day at CIA at Copia. So for people that have dreamed of going to culinary school, this is kind of like a a test run. You can do it for a day, see how you like things. And Brian, you've you've actually done a, a boot camp at CIA before. I've done a few things at CIA. I did a boot camp in the Hyde Park location in New York. 
And then I've done a peanut culinary event at another location of CIA that was in the Napa area, but it's not this location that we are visiting. Um, And so I've always loved taking classes and learning from the amazing team at the Culinary Institute of America. It is the, the the facility alone is just mind-blowing and how amazing it is. But we're going to have a really great time in the kitchen there with our bakers. And then there's still more baking. <laughs> so we, ha- we have one more stop that's going to be incredible. So we will then proceed to have a day of baking at Central Millings Artisan Baking Center in Petaluma. And our class there is being taught by Nicole Plue. And Nicole Plue was an instructor at the San Francisco Cooking School, and she taught our very first baking retreat. So we are bringing it full circle. We will be at this amazing, I keep saying amazing because all of the places that we've selected for these classes truly are state-of-the-art, amazing spaces for groups to be, amazing spaces for everyone to have a hands-on learning experience. And then to have this class with Nicole Plue is just going to bring tears to my eyes that we are back in the kitchen with her. She is a phenomenal baking and pastry instructor. She, I mean, her career is amazing. James Beard nominated pastry chef will be teaching these classes. So This experience, I guess experience instead of retreat, this experience in California in October is going to be so fun. I love every minute that I get to be with our bakers. Brooke and I have been doing baking retreats for four years now, with the exception of the pandemic where we canceled some things. But then we, we came back and we rescheduled things and we've gotten our baking retreats back on the calendar and they're all filling up so quickly. I hope when people are listening to this podcast that we have spaces left on the baking retreat. So if you're interested, please send an email to events at bakefromscratch.com so that we can get more information to you. And then of course, visit bakefromscratch.com where we have all the information about this retreat and other events going on as well. And we have lots of 2024 plans coming your way. So you want to make sure that you're tuned in for those as well. I mean, Brooke, do you want to come back and be on the crumb more and more? I, I think so. I'm like, I think there's a lot of baking stuff we need to talk about. There is a lot we can talk about. You kind of interviewed me today for the... So I've got to turn the tables and interview you at some point too. <laughs> This was fun, Brian. (laughs) This was amazing. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in for today's episode of The Crumb. I always love talking about all things baking. I love our amazing baking community and having guests join us to talk about books and events and baking and ingredients and all the things that make our baking world so delicious. Until next time, everyone, preheat your ovens. It's time to bake. I will talk to you next time here on The Crumb. If you liked our podcast, please rate, subscribe, and tell a friend about us. And to keep up with my baking endeavors, follow me on Instagram at Brian Hart Hoffman. You can also follow Bake From Scratch at The Bake Feed. And for online recipes and fresh baking content, be sure to visit our website, bakefromscratch.com. We even have a newsletter called Preheat to get you ready for all the baking that lies ahead. Finally, for real-life baking inspiration, grab a copy of the magazine on newsstands or sign up for a subscription and we'll mail the magazine to you with each and every new issue. 